Well, hello and welcome to Rooted Together Podcast, a podcast which aims to root you in Christ through His Word together. I'm your host, Charles Hegwood, and today we are finishing the book of Amos in chapter 9 with an episode entitled The Fifth Vision. Now, the fifth vision in Amos is one of, or at least this chapter is one of redemption, restoration. We have had many chapters of judgment and God saying, like in chapter 8, I will destroy the people so that no one lives. I will destroy them, those who do evil. Now in Amos chapter 9, how is Amos going to end this book? And again, the whole book we've been asking, how is God balancing his righteousness and his justice and his justness with his grace and his truth. Well, he's done a, a, I mean, obviously a good job, but Amos has explained it like this. God's judgment is absolute. He will judge what is wrong. His righteousness will cause him to be just and act justly. He will not stand for injustice. He will not stand for oppression. He will not stand for people taking advantage of other people. Not forever. Whether it be the nations, he will judge or he will judge his people Israel in this case, but his people in general, he will judge them for doing what is wrong. They can they don't get away with doing wrong things, nor do the nations. And then he talks about in chapter 5, even yet, even as I'm pronouncing judgment against you, even then, seek me and live. And he says it throughout the book, you have these, or throughout these chapters, you have these little deep, little moments of grace saying, seek me and live, come to me and live. Turn from your evil ways. Hear my voice. But the result is if you don't, there's judgment and it's coming and it will be absolute. You will go away into exile. Your houses will be destroyed. Your pride will be taken down to nothing. And in chapter 9, we end with a hope of restoration that even though God will judge his people, it will not be forever, that it will not be so absolute that nothing is left standing. So let's jump into chapter 9. He says in verse 1, I saw the Lord standing beside the altar, and he said, strike the capital of the pillars so that the thresholds shake, knock them down on the heads of all the people. I know you're wondering at this moment, I thought you just said this is a chapter of restoration. It is, but you got to get to that point, so just bear with me. But he talks about the the ceiling basically falling down on the heads of all the people. And then I will kill the rest of them with the sword. None of those who flee will get away. None of the fugitives will escape. In fact, for the first six verses, he pronounces judgment on the people. Verse 5, the Lord, the God of armies, he touches the earth. It melts, and all who dwell in it mourn. And all of it rises like the Nile, and it subsides like the Nile of Egypt. He builds, in verse 6, his upper chambers in the heavens and lays the foundation of his vault on the earth. He summons the water of the sea and he pours pours it out over the surface of the earth. The Lord is his name and he pronounces this judgment. In verses 1 through 6, it will be that he will judge people and he will destroy them for being evil. This is the, the path that we all deserve. We have all sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glory. We are all deserving of God's wrath. And in verse 6, he's saying, why will I judge the earth? Because I created it. The earth is my vault. I make the waters. I summon the sea. I pour it out over the surface. The Lord is his name. I'm the Lord, the God of armies. I will judge those who sin, which is everybody. So where's restoration? Well, verse 7 
we're not there yet, but hang, hang, hang with me. Israelites, are you not like the Cushites to me? This is the Lord's declaration. Didn't I bring Israel from the land of Egypt, the Philistines from Kaphtor, and the Armenians from Kerr? Look, the eyes of the Lord God are on the sinful kingdom, and I will obliterate it from the face of the earth. Why? It's sinful. However, so if you're like, boy, I'm still not seeing the restoration. Hang in there. Here it is. However, great word here. I will not totally destroy the house of Jacob. This is the Lord's declaration. Now, I know some of you are like, well, hang on a second. You know, that's a little nice, but he did say he would not destroy them completely, but he still will destroy them. Well, the answer is yes, because if we, as we have talked about throughout this book, God's judgment is balanced with his grace. He has grace, yes, but he will bring judgment on the sinful. He will bring judgment on the unrighteous, but yet he will not completely destroy the house of Jacob because God does not desire to destroy everything, though he could, and he has a right to. He says, I will not destroy everything because I want to have grace on the house of Jacob, so I will not destroy them completely. And then in verse 11, actually, let's go to verse 10. He says, all the sinners among my people, there are sinners among the people of God. He says, all the sinners among my people who say disaster will never overtake or confront us, notice the pride, will die by the sword. They'll die. Those who are sinful, those who are prideful, the judgment is coming for them. It will be absolute. They will die, but not everyone will die. Why? Because in that day, verse 11, here it is, restoration. I will restore the fallen shelter of David. I will repair its gaps. I will restore its ruins, and I will rebuild it as in the days of old, so that, what's the purpose of this rebuilding? They might they may possess the remnant of Edom and of all the nations that bear my name. This is the declaration of the Lord. He, the Lord, will do this. The Lord will restore his people. Now, this is somewhat completed in Nehemiah as he rebuilds the walls of Jerusalem and in Ezra as he rebuilds the temple. Yes, but even those things are but a shadow of what God is promising here. Yeah, there's some fulfillment in those two books, but there's an ultimate fulfillment that is only fulfilled in the cross because God's desire is to restore his people, not just materially, not just physically, not just a country, but to restore them spiritually and to make them, and Peter locks in on this, to make them a spiritual nation, a holy nation, God's holy people called out, set aside for his purposes to proclaim his glory to the world. God will restore a nation, and he did through, the, through Christ. He restored it through Christ, and he will yet continue to restore us as it's ultimately fulfilled when Jesus returns, and once and for all, sin is forever, forever destroyed. And I want you to see that that promise is both past, present, and future. Past, Nehemiah, Ezra, the restoration of Jerusalem, even though he's Again, telling this to the northern kingdom of Israel, but there's a promise, there is a restoration for Jerusalem in the past. There's a present restoration that comes through Christ, and there's a future hope of restoration through the return of Jesus and the ultimate kingdom becoming realized 
throughout all the world, and on that day, every knee will bow. There will be no more sin. God will judge the unrighteous, and he will call those who have been covered by the blood of Christ, those who, who he has made righteous, he will call them to himself, and they will be restored as a holy nation, his people. And all of that is promised and set in 11 and 12 of Amos chapter 9. Verse 13, he continues, Look, the days are coming. This is the declaration of the Lord. When the plowman will overtake the reaper and the one who treads grapes, the sower of the seed, the mountains will drip with sweet wine. Here's the promise of that restoration. It continues both from being a nation, being God's people, to creation itself. The mountains will drip with sweet wine and all the hills will flow with it. This is prosperity. This is the idea that this is peace, God's presence among his people. I will restore the fortunes of my people, Israel. They will rebuild and occupy ruined cities, plant vineyards and drink their wine and make gardens and eat their produce. I will plant. Now notice the who, who will plant. I will plant them on their land and they will never again be uprooted from the land that I, the Lord, have given them. The Lord your God has spoken. Wow, what a promise of restoration. And again, that is both a present, and a past, present, and future hope. The ultimate hope is there will be a day when Jesus returns, the mountains will drip with sweet wine, and it will flow with it. And this is like milk and honey kind of stuff, where everything will be at peace, and God will be with his people, and we will eat and be happy in the presence of God, and we will be joyful in the presence of God, and we will worship God throughout the land because sin will be no more. What do we do in the meantime? We hold on to that promise, the fact that Amos ends this book of judgment with a hope of restoration is how we are to live our lives. Yes, this world is broken. Yes, it is It is bad. There are unrighteous people. There are people that are cheating others, taking advantage of others, oppressing others. There's injustice all around the world, and yet we have this promise. One, we have a call to live holy lives. So if that is you, if you are doing these things, if you are contributing to oppression and justice, if you're taking advantage of people, if you're practicing business in a in a unethical way. There's a call, if you are the people of God, to return to God and live or face judgment that he will give to all those who are sinful. And yet there's that call to return to him. And that goes for his people as well as anyone. We are to be calling people, seek the Lord and live so that you aren't destroyed when he comes to judge. And yet we have, even though this book balances that judgment, there's grace. God will restore God will restore, and we hold on to that. As we look at the evilness of the world, we, we make sure we're seeking God, and we call others to seek God, and we hold on to the hope, even though the world looks like it's out of control, even though the nations are raging against God and profaning His name, we hold on to the hope. He will come back, and He will restore both His people and the world, and sin and, and all those things will be no more. Thank you for joining me in Rooted Together podcast, and I look forward to joining you in Obadiah next time. I'll see you there.